Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Hello, and welcome back to Res Talk, which our goal here to communicate news and insights about all the topics in the ResNet ecosystem. I'm your host, Bill Spohn. Today, we're going to talk about a proposal from ResNet on factoring in energy to mortgage loans. Steve Baden will be our guest. So how important are mortgage loans to the home performance industry? And what could be the impact on single-family home buyers if home energy costs were factored into the mortgage payment? Now, how does this process make energy-efficient homes more affordable for families? Now, most homeowners have heard of the term PITI. That's the summary of the cost in a mortgage payment, principal and interest on the loan, and plus uh, property taxes and insurance. And most all of us know the cost of energy to run a household and the energy savings possible if best practices are followed. Now, in today's podcast, Steve Baden, Executive Director of ResNet, describes for us the proposal being put forth by ResNet to incorporate energy savings, or ES for short, into the mortgage equation. This would transform the equation to PITI minus ES. And interestingly, the main driver for all of this is just simply education and awareness. There's really no legislation needed. You want to listen in to hear how this impacts mortgage lenders, builders, and HERS raters, and how you can get more people interested in pursuing this. If you want to download the white paper, there's a link in the show notes to get you there. So let's listen in as Steve Baden describes to us the proposal on factoring in energy to mortgage loans. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Bill. We're here today to talk about a climate policy proposal. Am I getting that correctly? Yes. There's actually a white paper that goes along with it. I'll be sure to put the link into the show notes. And it's something that's introduced in December of 2020, introducing rationality into the home financing process. What's this all about? This has been an area that's been a passion of mine for decades. At one point, I worked with a housing finance agency. And there's a discount on the way that we calculate affordability and the mortgage financing. We currently, the mortgage industry ignores the operating cost of energy, even though energy is the highest cost of housing outside of the mortgage loan. What we're proposing and what this is aiming at is to taking energy efficiency in consideration and the qualification of a mortgage loan and its valuation. And the whole purpose of this would allow more Americans to be able to afford an energy-efficient home. And traditionally, when a mortgage lender is looking at whether a person can qualify for a loan, they use a fairly simple equation. Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, P-I-T-I. It doesn't affect energy costs, which are higher when you look at it than insurance or taxes. So that's a factor that's missing. And by it missing, it doesn't allow the mortgage loan to take consideration a more efficient home. And where this comes in and becomes important with over 110 million existing homes that could benefit from energy upgrades, frankly, the only player that has the capital to be able to afford a serious change is the mortgage industry. It's a multi-trillion dollar industry. And if it's done right, it doesn't need any new regulations or funds from Congress. 
And frankly, because of limitations right now, the federal government could not afford to really do all the work it needs to do with existing homes. So if we can tie this in to mortgage financing so that when you purchase a home, refinance a home, and want to take a major upgrade, you take these energy considerations into factor, it would be a boost for everyone. How do you move from having this passion on this topic into actually making it happen? I mean, is this taken years? And what are the actual major steps involved? It's been decades. And this has been a topic that's been discussed, frankly, since Jimmy Carter was president of the United States. He did the first movement to try to tie these two ends. They were baby steps. And frankly, none of them have really taken any traction. And it's commonly called the energy efficient mortgage. And it was around for decades. But the problem is, is it really doesn't go to the root of the matter. By just simply extending the debt-to-income ratio or adding income into the equation severely understates the energy efficiency. Because, for instance, you can't put all your income to a mortgage loan. The lender is going to allow around 28% of your income to go into that. When you think of that, that means roughly 70% of the energy savings are discounted if you treat it as income. So instead of going the traditional looking at as added income, the savings, rather take it as a reduction in your housing costs. Then for dollar for dollar, the value of making improvements are reflected in the mortgage loan. So it's been a long, long step, but I got to say, I'm really excited now. There's a lot more interest going on with this new look at climate initiatives. I think we're seeing a much more interest and I think the timing's right for this. So how do you move it into action? The move of the action is two floors. One is education, and that's why we're valuing today's podcast to explain people what is possible. A lot of the groundwork has been done already, and I'll go into that a little bit later. But the main point is actually this does not require legislation. This could be done as a simple stroke of the pen. Because right now, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which is the nation's two largest secondary mortgage markets, are owned by the federal government because of the bailout that took place in the last recession. And between the federally sponsored VA, FHA, and Fetty and Fannie, you have a considerable amount of the thing. And all you have to do really to do what we're talking about is modify your the program's guidelines or regulations. Although legislation could be very helpful in spurring action, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But what's important right now is there's a wealth of information that's available now that hasn't been in the past. And two of them I'd like to head, head up. One is a study that ResNet commissioned last year that was conducted by the Floater Solar Energy Center and Robert Sahadi. Mr. Sahadi held some senior positions at Fannie Mae, where he was vice president of product development and vice president of mortgage-backed securities. And what the loan did is looked at six markets across the country and what would affect what we're talking about have on the buying power of a person purchasing a home. And what the study found which is significantly, is that the purchasing power of a home, depending upon which housing market, could be increased 13000 to over 24000 with the same income and down payment. And when you think about it, when you add 13000 to 24000 to a home, that's a lot. You can afford a very good, efficient home. You could get close to net zero energy. But more importantly, there's a lot of good work you can do on retrofitting an existing home. Now, the other thing that took place is we knew it by just intuition that a more efficient, affordable, healthy home would be a higher demand and would cost less to own. 
But now we've actually had a study. And two years ago, we worked with Freddie Mac. And they did a study based upon homes that were hers rated that were financed by Freddie Mac. We provided them a couple hundred thousand addresses with the hers information. And they compared that with their loan portfolio and actually went in and looked at the sales value. And they came up with three important things, which I think creates the environment to really move forward. The first one that they found is that homes with lower hers scores had higher sales values than similar homes without a HERS rating. And what we found out is that sales premium increased as the HERS score went down. Also, they found that homes with lower HERS scores had lower foreclosure and late payment rates. And significance to the industry, the buyers of these HERS rated homes had better loan profiles. These were the cream they crop and what they usually call these, they're kind of the prime bars that lenders love to have. So with this information now, we know we have a statistical proof that these work, and we've been able to calculate what increased buying power. So it makes things ready for the next phase and actually beginning to seriously consider implementing what we're suggesting in that policy white paper. What would this mean to the mortgage lenders? What this means to a mortgage lender is that they're going to be having two things. One, they're going to have a much more secure loan. You're going to actually capture more of the premium lenders, people who have high LTVs. We also now are saying that you're able to recognize these in the appraisal. So in essence, the, a lender would get a more secure loan with a better customer. Are there any regions of the country where it's gaining traction or at least the thought process is gaining traction? It's taken steps. We're seeing both Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae unveiling pilot programs. Actually, Fannie Mae is doing one in the Atlantic seaboard area. Freddie Mac does have a green mortgage product out that's a couple years old now, and they report that the loan, I'll take it, is getting greater. And one of the things that Freddie Mac said was that they were felt comfortable of giving more liberal terms for energy-efficient homes was the data they were able to get from that study. And we're still continuing to collaborate with them and being able to feed data real-time into it so they can flag loans as they come in. And what the goal is, is that if they get more of a hands around this empirical data on the performance, then they can make even better concessions because they know it would be backed up in the home performance. So while it's not any one region over the other, we're seeing now some exciting developments within it. And also there is some movement in the legislative realm. And for builders, what's the impact or significance for them? What would qualify more buyers to afford higher performance homes. And basically they would be able to upgrade the energy performance of the home they built and then have it financed through the mortgage loan which means that the homeowner would not have to pay for the upgrades in cash as part of down payment. So they would qualify more customers, and then they could actually put more efficiency features in their homes, and then it had to be financed through the mortgage loan. And for HERS raters, what's the impact? Well, this would create the demand for HERS ratings, in that these ratings, in order to qualify for these mortgage terms, an energy report has to be created. And already in the software, HERS raters have the ability to generate reports on the economic attractiveness that the mortgage industry needs. So basically, this would create a new boom for the industry because the lenders are going to need the data on what the calculated savings and what is the return on investment these homes would have. And the mortgage industry, do you interface with people at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA? 
Yes, we have, particularly with Freddie Mac. Matter of fact, it's interesting is I had a podcast with Freddie Mac on Earth Day on this very subject, and they are committed on trying to capture this green market. And I think that, again, we'll see this collaboration becoming greater because one of the things that we have that they really need is data. We probably have the largest data on energy performance of homes in the country of the over 2 million homes that's in our database that been HERS rated. That becomes the basis then for policymakers to make decisions on what are the safe ways that they could go and capture more of this efficiency in the mortgage loan without increasing risk to the mortgage portfolio. Does this have any effect on the subsequent sales of the home? Well, of course. As the home is being resold, the fact that it is much more efficient than your typical resale, you have that documentation. And this same principle would apply because the next purchaser of your home would have lower operating costs than the typical existing home. And they would have the same considerations that they would have for the process. So this would absolutely work for resale. But more importantly, I think, is for people who are buying an older and less efficient home. This is a golden opportunity to, at the time of the purchase, to make the energy upgrades that are necessary, which is a win-win for everyone, because it means then there's not have to be a concession price to the person selling the home, which results in a higher commission for the real estate agent. The homeowner gets an improvements, which they don't have to make with a credit card, and it's all financed through a secure mortgage loan over a 30-year period but a very, very good interest rate that we're seeing right now. We're looking at right now a 2.8% mortgage loans. If you want to do a major upgrade on a credit card, you're going to be paying 15 to 16%. And then the mortgage loan also is nice because it's a 30-year term versus ongoing at reoccurring charges. Let me get that, just make sure I understand the point. The person before they sell their home would be able to invest in the upgrades? So basically what you would do is that when you're buying an older home, the borrower, see, this is not part of the sales transaction. The borrower could put in the idea of doing a retrofit as part of the loan application. Ah, uh, okay. So then what would happen is the lender would then provide more money to that homeowner to make those improvements. And then once those improvements made, then it would go into the mortgage loan. Got it. Sorry for being thick on that point. Oh, no, no, that's important. <laughs> I'm glad you raised that, which makes it clean because it's not part of the buyer-seller transaction. This is really the person buying the home, deciding it wants to make the upgrades, and then financing it through the mortgage loan. What kind of resources? I guess some builders do retrofits. That's what you're really talking about is a retrofit kind of boom there? Yes, I think it's going to be for good for contractors because this would create a whole new movement. And when you think about the number of homes that are sold each year, close to 10 million, and probably 9 million of those are existing less efficient homes. If we could operate this as a potential and we can reduce energy consumption by 30%, which Department of Energy averages the cost effectiveness to be able to do with an average home, think of the amount of savings of those 10 million homes a year. That far exceeds any proposed retrofit program that's being considered in Congress today. 9 million homes a year being upgraded, and then the 1 million new homes being high-performance homes. That's a considerable savings that's going to seriously reduce our carbon production, make the homes more comfortable, and then more affordable for the homeowner. That's a great message to get out. Do you have any thoughts as to how or other activities getting that message out? That's a one-two punch, really. It's a one-two punch. What's a perfect time now because the Biden administration is taking climate change seriously. He's made a directive that all facets of the federal government come up with plans to be able to 
combat climate change. What better way for the housing programs in the country to adopt something like this? Doesn't need any more money from Congress. It's just reforming the way that we calculate loans and how much carbon savings this would produce as part of the administration's goal. The other thing right now is there is movement in Washington on the legislative front, which I think is important and exciting because it could be disturbed for a more administrative action. And I think that first step has been taken by Congressman Mike Levin, who's a Democrat from California, who's introducing what's called the Value Added Homes for Veterans Act, which accomplished what we're talking about for veteran administration loans. What better way to start this out and make homes more affordable, comfortable, and healthy than our nation's veterans? And the bill has actually gone through its first hearing in Washington, and we were really excited and encouraged because the VFW, the Veteran of Foreign Wars, endorsed the legislation. In the testimony, the VFW, I'm going to read this to you because I think it's significant. What the VFW stated in its testimony is that the VFW supports this legislation, which permit veterans who are purchasing a home with a Department of Veterans Affairs loan to submit an energy efficiency report to offset regular expenses for the home calculated in the debt-to-income ratio. This common sense bill would improve the accuracy of energy supply cost estimates for VA home loans. It would also permit veterans to obtain a home loan using a better analysis of an individual's financial circumstances. This is an area that generally you don't see advocating at a long front. And having the VFW see the value of this means it is catching on. And what's good about this is Congressman Levin serves as the chairman of economic development for the House Veteran Affairs Committee. He was also a keynote speaker at our last at this virtual conference this year. So he is at the right spot. It was his committee that had the hearing. And if we're able to do this for veterans and who's better deserves this than our nation's veterans, that creates the momentum, the front that could be used in for the traditional mortgage markets of FHA, VA, I mean FHA, Freddie Mac, and Fannie. So there is a lot of movement going on. And this is as these things keep on going. I think then the more awareness is out there. And again, that's why we call it a policy paper, because then they can see this as a policy strategy. That's a win-win-win. What really, there is no losers that could go the uh, administration's goals in terms of climate. If the listeners want to engage with this topic and do something, what can they do? What do they need to do? Well, there's several things, one of which is we have posted the study, and I'm sure you're going to post the link to it on your announcement. Read that, study that, think about it. And then at forums and stuff, bring it up. Also, I think it's important when your congressman has a virtual town hall meeting to bring this up to the congressman's attention. And I think the other thing they could do is start advocating for the Levin's bill to VA as the first step as possible. So I think all those activities are important. I think the awareness and spreading the word to builders and the lenders is the next step. And that's what hopefully our study that we did and this white paper will give the tools for that conversation to take place. I can see an infographic coming, can I? That's not a bad idea. (laughs) They're very succinct, and it's something you can easily relate to and share and start the conversation. Yeah, that's a good idea. No, I think this is the right time. Again, I've been involved with this for almost 30 years and really seen no traction, and I am more excited than I am right now because it's the perfect time. And the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac has seen the wisdom of this overall. So the time is right to do this. It seems like it's going to not be a sea change, but it will be a slow burn, a slow buildup on this front. That depends. It could be a sea change. Again, by a stroke of a pen, 
the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development could make this happen. Stroke of a pen. Because all it does is it changes the formula. If that were to happen as part of a climate change plan, it's a sea change. It would affect the 10 million homes sold each year. If that doesn't happen, then we'd go, we'll see dibs and dabs going forward, of which probably the most exciting right now is for the federal VA loans. And I think that also we're seeing a very interesting thing going on now because Wall Street is demanding sustainability and asking its lenders, its people who are giving money to, to show their environmental and governance profiles. I can see where even private lenders, in order to get this good corporate citizenships or get better terms for financing, would start doing things like this just to improve their social, environmental, and governance profile. Can you think of anything that will trip this up or stand in the way? Inertia. Yeah. <laughs> We've always done it this way before. <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, I've been in this field 30 years, including for housing finance. Many times the industry, when Moses came down from the mountain, his tablet said B-I-T-I, and it never <laughs> shall change again. <laughs> so change is always difficult. The mortgage industry is generally a conservative industry, but I think that we're showing the data that this is no risk whatsoever. And the fact that the mortgage industry is doing these studies themselves and then the two secondary mortgage markets is starting to take the lead on this, should make it more safe. And again, it's as simple as take your PITI, which everyone has been going in. Trained on. Trained on. And just do a simple equation, minus the monthly energy savings from an energy rating. Boom. Done. In the white paper, it's PITI-ES, the energy savings, minus dash. That minus. Dash actually is a minus sign. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Because this is interesting, because one of the things that we originally was thinking is you do a PITIE, principal interest taxes, insurance, and energy costs. What this did was punish low-income people, because the lower the house, what they could afford would have the highest energy costs. So it would basically make them harder to be able to afford a home. This is not what we're trying to do, is punish people for having inefficient homes. So if you make it minus ES, it becomes a boom. So in other words, you get rewarded for having lower energy costs, which meets the goals that everyone has is having housing more affordable for first-time home buyers, veterans. So it helps meet this whole concern that we're having in equity in terms of environmental protection. So that's why it's minus versus just PITIE. And where does the model exist that actually calculates the energy savings? That's what our energy rating does. There is an energy mortgage report that does all this and does the economic factors. So it's a push of a button for a rater to generate this report. And it's also based upon the economics of calculating loan efficiency economics that's post as part of our ANSI standard. Okay. So it is primed to go. It's ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got 2,000 people out there. We do 3,000 homes a year. All we need is to change a little formula. And I think now's the time is right. Again, the administration is looking at ways. What better way to do it? Again, I want to reinforce, we could touch millions of homes without a cent being appropriated by Congress, without adding any burdens on the economy. There is no downside on this. And the winner is consumers who have a more affordable home, the planet because we're producing less carbon, the mortgage industry because there's more secure loans. It's just, except for Anisha, this should be a simple argument. Okay, let's all be inertia busters here and change this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. This is very enlightening. You improved my knowledge on the topic, definitely, and hopefully the listeners too. And we'll be hearing more, I'm sure, from ResNet on this and uh, different newsletters on the website. 
we're definitely tracking this veterans bill that's being introduced and following what that's going. And of course, as the new products come online, we'll be marketing that. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us on Res Talk again this time, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Res Talk, where Steve explained to us the proposal on factoring in energy to mortgage loans. If you're prone to the building market, go on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here today or want to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. Here's a quote for today by Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you're not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for lending us your ears and listening to Res Talk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.